Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your hosts, Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeather, are on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com and around the world on Arut Sheva, Israel National News slash radio. And Phil, I learned a new word this week. It's called Nothing Burger. I didn't know. <laughs> That's an old one. I've heard that one before. You see, it's funny because, you know, the Nothing Burger... Like it just it flows off so nicely. I should have I should have really employed that one for so many years. I feel I feel cheated not having really used that. I mean, think of all the years that you know I've been doing this now, you know, on the network, and really could have said so many times nothing burger, and it really just it it it's it's really just got a beauty to it. Of course, the nothing burger is not such a nothing burger. It's more like a. Well, something, something real, burger, a real deluxe burger at this point. <laughs> and, you know, I, again, we, we say every week, let's, we're going to switch topics. We're going to go somewhere else. We're going to we're going to move. We on. say that every <laughs> we're, we're going to move on. And and yet every we week. can't. And yet we can't. It's like, you know, it's just the rubbernecking. I mean, first of all, it would be totally malpractice of us to not acknowledge what is going on, it, it, which is truly unprecedented. And. What, what, from my point of view, was truly unprecedented, it's not the fact that there was this continual lying. It's not the fact that over and over and over there has been this denial of any meetings, et cetera, with the Russians. Not the fact that people have lied on their forms and formed it correctly. And it's the, from a campaign person's point of view, from a political professional's point of view, anybody who's worked in government or in politics, the total lack of vetting on the part of the Trump. Now, you want to say that they were new. Not everybody in the campaign was new to this. And the fact that the campaign manager, Paul Manafort, Paul Manafort has who was there for who was, uh, 40 years of experience in politics, would sit in on a meeting, would expose himself to somebody who purported to be an agent of the Russian government. That wasn't a secret. In the meeting. That, that, that wasn't, wasn't a secret. secret. They didn't keep that secret. Without any vetting whatsoever about the about what was going on the fact and and they didn't vet i mean it, we see it over and over carter page wasn't vetted and the fact that he was an fbi under fbi surveillance mike flynn wasn't vetted in that he was being paid by foreign governments well, he was and and, over and, and over warned and, and they took him anyway right but 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 the fact that and over and over we see these examples of people with these conflicts and the bottom line is Anybody, I mean, at one, you can have an intern do this. This is not a complicated vetting. People is not a complicated process. Even if you don't even have a LexisNexis account, you can still vet people and still see what their background is, where their exposure is, and where potential exposure. And the fact is that to say the defense has become, and you know, it's a New York Post editorial that Donald Trump Jr. is an idiot. And this is a paper that Donald Trump actually likes, and so I'm wondering... That likes Donald Trump! I'm surprised we haven't yet seen a tweet calling the Post, the New York Post, fake news. But, you know, the, the challenge the challenge for me here is is a president who was leading witch hunts in the past, right? You want to talk about witch hunts? I mean, let's talk for a moment about the birther movement, right? And, I, you know, who led that for years, for years when... The mainstream media, I think even Fox News at, at, at some point acknowledged the fact that, that that President Obama was born in the United States, right? Who was literally leading that sort of witch hunt, quote unquote, right? When it comes to, you know, this idea that this is a nothing burger, right? It's the same it's the same thing I think the Democrats said when it came to Hillary Clinton's emails, right? Let's keep talking about the emails, let's keep talking about the emails. That was the Democratic 
Now, excuse me, that was the Republican strategy, right? Let's keep talking about the emails. Let's keep rehashing this issue with Hillary Clinton and her emails. And for the exact same strategy, we've talked about this a lot, you know, and the Senate Democrats now are using a lot of the tactics the Senate Republicans used eight years ago um, or seven years ago during Obamacare. You know, the, the Democrats are essentially now using those same tactics to halt the Republicans. What's happening here essentially is is it's not even equivalent to that because not, we're not talking about the same thing because the FBI and Director Comey at the time had made a had concluded that there was nothing in the emails. We thought maybe when Anthony Weiner uh, and the more emails came out, we thought maybe there was something, but once again, it was concluded that there was nothing there. Every intelligence agency has concluded that Russia interfered in our elections. Every single intelligence agency that every single president has trusted and worked with and 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 use that information we have said this many times before there's nobody in the world with more information than the president of the united states no one right yet no he, one has more information yet he acts as if he does it well we're not sure i don't know you know he goes before the world stage goes in interviews and asks us i don't know could have been russia could have been anybody well the truth is actually I hate the ignorance excuse just doesn't work for me. The president is supposed to know. And if you don't know, have your people find out. But the willful ignorance here is that it, it it's just destroying the credibility. I Look, a lot of people will call the president and they call this administration. They'll call Kellyanne Conway and Sebastian Gorka and these people who get on TV and just, I have to say, have, have, have just this incredible skill at obfuscation. I mean, it's quite... It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. I, I, but, but the fact is that there is obfuscation and skirting around stuff, and then there's outright lying. I mean, there's outright lying. I mean, when you send Reince Priebus onto the Sunday talk shows and say nothing burger, right? Which is the money? Which is the money line? Obviously, you know, you're more familiar with the nothing burger than I was. Clearly, he didn't know that there was an actual email trail out there. Okay, when he said that this is nothing, he didn't know that there was an email. I mean, let, let's read. I, I know it's important to actually understand the email from this guy, Gold, Rob Goldstone, who's a music producer, right? This is how this came about. When I talk about vetting, when I talk about the fact that they didn't vet, we're talking about a guy. This came from a guy who's not even in politics. He says to uh, Donald Trump Jr., this is obviously very high-level and sensitive information, but is part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump. Of course, the implication is there that there is and that they are both aware that the government of Russia is supporting Mr. Trump. And then Goldstone says, is part of, right, as I said, and then he says, I love it. Okay, so the fact is you send people out there onto the Sunday talk shows, you send your people out there onto the Sunday talk shows or to any other interview and you don't give them the information that is probably already known or Donald Trump Jr. didn't tell anybody. But I'll tell you who did know because how did this all come about? Jared Kushner had originally, I don't want to say the word lie, he omitted this meeting and other meetings with the Russians on his security clearance by forms. the way I and of course he had to come clean and this because is now the you go to jail for, for not coming clean on these things this is the fourth time that jared kushner has had to amend his his documents right in order to get these high level positions security clearance you've got to fill out a document it's essentially sort of making public everything that you have ever done anybody who sends their parents to yeshiva and 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 has to fill out the forms like you know that like literally they look for 
everything. And so Jared Kushner now, first time, oops, I made a mistake. I forgot about a meeting with a Russian ambassador. Okay, you make an amendment. Everybody makes mistakes. I forgot about that meeting. Fine. Even though I think we talked at the time, why not just admit it? I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with meeting with the, the Russian ambassador. Then we find out about a, a, a banker, a high-level banker. Whoops, I forgot about this meeting with a high-level banker. From, also connected with the, with the also Kremlin. Also connected with the Kremlin. I forgot. Okay, fine. You forgot about those two meetings. All of a sudden now, another amendment. Whoops, I forgot about a meeting with a secret Russian lawyer who came to give me information about Hillary Clinton. Whoops, I'll amend it again. Jared Kushner lies and lies and lies. And it's very sad that we kind of, you know, again, the, the debates I have with some of my Trump-supporting friends, oh, why does this matter? What do you mean, why does it matter? Why did he lie? If he felt it important to lie about it and to say, oh, it was nothing or I don't remember, it was so insignificant that I don't remember. You don't rem remember meeting with the Russian ambassador. You don't remember the emails. By the way, it wasn't just one email come to a meeting. Like specific emails detailing what was going on. You don't remember. Right. And he wouldn't of course he he saw the email, he knew it was going on because he wouldn't have come to the meeting otherwise. Clearly, if Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort are coming to a meeting with a Russian lawyer who they must have asked who is this person, how did they come around? If they didn't, that's and the idea here that they came just and they and and of course she said well Jared Kushner walked out but the point here is and I think you bring up a good point with regard to Jared versus Donald Trump uh, Trump Jr. as well as Paul Manafort Jared is actually in the White House Jared is a government employee actually is a government employee Jared actually is the one right now I mean who has legal exposure significant legal exposure and I guess we see that by his hiring of not one but two very serious and expensive lead criminal defense attorneys, Abby Lowell and Jamie Gorelick. One, I mean, one well known for wash, defending people in Washington scandals uh, for many, many years. The other one, a former assistant attorney or deputy attorney general. So you obviously know, and I don't want to say hiring an attorney means anything as far as guilt or innocence here, and I'm not trying to make that insinuation, but Clearly, and they think he's smartly lawyered up and not said anything. He's actually the one guy, and they don't put him on camera, and they don't have him do it, and he doesn't tweet, and you don't know anything what he says, which it actually, in many ways, the smarter play, but I guess he has the discretion to do that. Other people are kind of trouted out there, and they have to go ahead and say something. The more you say in this case, as we've seen, the more you say in this case, the more trouble you get in. And again, I don't want to... It, it's not... This really should be a nothing burger. This really shouldn't be anything. We shouldn't be talking about this. We should be talking about healthcare. We should be talking about tax reform. We should be talking about all those things. And we will in a couple minutes. But the the problem is the scandal as has a way in general, and it's not just in Washington, it's in Albany, it's in New York City, it's in Trenton, it's in every place. Scandal has a way, or in Israel right now, the scandal involving Bibi Netanyahu is engulfing Israeli government as well, and with people in his own coalition saying that he will be indicted, of course. And these scandals, scandals and politics go together. And if you're, and, and these have a way of consuming everything else. You know, and, and if I can jump to, you know, and, and I, I'm sure you've got one chosen already, but I don't know if you, you got to hear the audio from yesterday's press uh, from yesterday's press briefing. Yeah, it's so upsetting that these press briefings are no longer on, no on tape. And, 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 and that's no and longer it's Sean Spicer. And it's on a tape delay. And it's, uh, I will tell you, and I miss Sean Spicer. 
And so uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was basically asked, you know, why don't you just put it all out there? Like this trickle down like piece every drip, two weeks. Drip, 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 drip. And that was actually, it was a, a quote from a Republican congressman. From Trey Gowdy. Her response, Michael. No, no. Her first response was actually spin amazing. Spin of the lifetime. Spin of the week. Spin of the life. It's not us. It's the drip, drip, drip of the mainstream media. Right. It's you guys doing it. It says, no, no, that's not the mainstream media that's trey gowdy talking this is like this is like well, the mainstream media continues to drip this it's like no no this is every single week a new revelation about some nefarious interesting borderline illegal meeting or information that's being exchanged or meeting that's taking place continues to happen michael we don't make this up we don't sit on on wednesday night and say hmm what can we conjure up to talk about tomorrow morning and this is by the way this is not just like, hey, I'm watching CNN and MSNBC all week long, and so I just need to to, to, to regurgitate what they say. No, no, no. I like to think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that I am a, a common sense, pragmatic, sort of just, you know, logical person. This, to me, and I think that the biggest smoking gun, more than anything else, more than the rumors, more than innuendo, more than Donald Trump Jr. Expects, accepting me, is Jared Kushner. Because he is a government employee. And as a government employee, he has to be held to a higher standard. Interestingly enough, and I, I heard this last night, if you look at the emails, uh, number one, it's pretty evident that Donald Trump Jr. actually had a conversation before the meeting, right? Number two is the meeting time actually changed, right? The meeting was initially called for 3.30. And there's a last minute change due to a delay of the Russian lawyer. And the meeting got pushed to 4.30. And so the email was very fascinating because he emailed in Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner saying, hey, the meeting has been moved. Now, you and I have been in, in these situations where time time is a very valuable thing, right? And so to move Particularly a meeting, in the campaign. To move a meeting an hour for the top two people on a campaign is a big deal. And so normally it would be, hey, things got changed. Are you still available? Can you read, you know, can you ask your schedulers if you're still available at 4.30 as opposed to 3.30? That didn't happen. Donald Trump Jr. basically said, meeting moved to 4.30, and so it was done. This was a obviously a hugely anticipated meeting for, by the campaign. There's just no question about it. And you could see that from the reaction. You could see for, by who attended the meeting. You never bring, first of all, you never bring your campaign manager into an initial meeting with anyone. With anyone. You just don't do it. No matter how bare bones bare bones the campaign you want to say oh they really didn't know what they're doing that's ridiculous okay and i don't buy the whole thing that they didn't yes it was unorthodox yes but i know people who were working in the trump campaign i know people who were in and out of the trump campaign who were in and then out of the trump campaign, or that out and then in of the trump campaign i will say that it's the it they had enough people who did know what they were doing. They had enough people with a lot of experience there. Yes, they had a lot of fighting. Yes, there was a lot of backbiting and backstabbing. But they knew what they were doing. They had actually a plan. And, you know, they actually executed a plan. So this idea, oh, they're all amateurs. You know, the defense and go back to the New York Post editorial. Donald J. Trump Jr. is an idiot. Well, yes, I agree. For this thing, he is clearly an idiot, and for talking about it afterward, and I think for putting his emails out there, and for talking in general when you want to go on TV and national TV and debunk the Russia story in very severe terms and call the people who are talking about the Russia story crazy when you know that this is out there. 
How do you go ahead and do that? I, I you know, I have to read uh, a quote I saw from Charles Krauthammer this week because I think it's exactly on point. And you know, rarely do people in our business actually get it, you know, totally on point. But Krauthammer does a pretty good job. He says they were saying for six months we didn't do it. There's no evidence that we did it. Now they're saying, yeah, we did it, but it wasn't so bad, and we were incompetent at it. That's not a very good defense. If you get in a car and and go to a certain place in the middle of the night to pick up stolen goods, and it turns out that the stolen goods don't show up, but the cops show up, I think you're going to have a very weak story saying, I got swindled here. Look, I'm incompetent. I'm an idiot. They got swindled, and he admits that if I had known, I wouldn't have done this, right? So John Trump Jr., incredibly, and I'm sure this could not be on advice of attorneys, goes on Sean Hannity's show and says, and who put him up there? Who said, hey, buddy, go on Sean Hannity and say, well, I wouldn't do it again, right? It's not the point. You can't say, I wouldn't do it again. You said for months you didn't do it in the first place. That is what, and again, and I don't know, you know, I'm not an attorney, and I don't know what the legalities are and whether he is is sort of, you know, sort of in any trouble, but perception who is giving these guys advice i mean my guess is they're paying hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars to publicists and pr agencies who is giving them advice i mean well, it's who not is, just about giving advice you have to actually listen yeah, so but who's the advice him even if you pay Sean for Hattie. look we've both been around candidates and people who don't listen okay i mean it's and it's frustrating it's particularly fr- i don't i, I don't want to talk for your your frustration. But I'll tell you, there's nothing more frustrating as a political professional than being around the candidate who doesn't listen. Now, I understand that you don't have to listen to everything. You could disagree with me. But if you're paying me for my expertise and for my accumulated knowledge over the years, you can't totally ignore what I'm saying. And that's what's actually the other thing that's puzzling is going on in the White House here is clearly they are not tipping off the lawyers to any of this. Right? I mean, there's a whole legal team there to defend the president on a personal basis. Now there's all kinds of scuttlebutt going on, whether Mark, Mark Kasowitz and his people are happy at all. You know, notice Mark, Mark Kasowitz is usually a big TV presence and personality. He's not going out there. They're sending Jay Sekulow out there instead, who's very, I mean, I think, you know, top notch as far as, uh, as far as, you know, public a public face, but still, Mark Kasowitz is usually that type of guy. And apparently, according to many reports and many publications, uh, Jared Kushner is actually giving the president legal advice in rep- in place of the lawyers. I, it, but the whole thing, but to send Donald J. Trump Jr. out there to t- to send him out on Sean Hannity, I, I just it's mind boggling. And then you know, again, I understand down. Sean Hannity's friendly. But no, it's still I get it. No, and I get it. And then for the president to continue, like. If I'm the attorneys, you're telling everybody don't say anything, right? Just, just let things. Let, let's see how things sort of marinate a bit. Don't say a word for the president to come out. And this is the greatest witch hunt. By the way, we've had so many greatest witch hunts. Like it's fascinating how many greatest witch hunts we could possibly have in 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 the short term of this administration. But for the president to continue to tweet, oh, my son did a great job yesterday. And and by the way, it's you know sort of. I, it is just behind the scenes. I wonder what's actually happening. Yeah. I wonder if if they're what the conversations are really happening. I mean, I can't. This is just an amateur move. I mean, this whole thing was just it reeked of campaign desperation. If you go back to at the time, right? Why were they doing it? It reeked of desperation. And it's interestingly enough, and again, interesting coincidence. If you look back at the time of that meeting, 
then-candidate Trump was actually already talking about at some of his rallies how big news is about to come of yes. Hillary Clinton. Now, I'm not saying he knew about the meeting, but it's kind of strange that literally at campaign rallies around the time of this meeting where they didn't know what they, what they were getting, President Trump was, excuse me, candidate, then candidate Trump basically was telling the world big news about to come on Hillary Clinton. I, I put no stock whatsoever in the statements made at Trump campaign <laughs> rallies. But yeah, okay, I get that. I will say this is that whatever is known out there in the media, whatever is known out there in the newspapers reporting, it's a good bet that Bob Mueller, the special counsel, knows about it too. And he probably knows a lot more than, and you know what prosecutors do is they go ahead and collect all this evidence and then they start interviewing people. And the way they get you in general, and this has happened over and over and over, is lying because it is a crime to lie to a federal investigator. It's in fact a separate crime and that's usually how they get you and then they turn and then they turn the screws on you to you know to go ahead and do that. It's and that's what everybody's got to be afraid of. That's what everybody in the White House has to be afraid of of the fact that they catch you even in a small lie, all of a sudden you're in legal jeopardy to do that. It's, uh, you know, the interesting thing, of course, and just get back to Jared as an example, and I don't want to harp on on him because I think he's way in over his head. I mean, he could be the world's most talented person. Literally, I don't know him, but he could be the world's most talented person. There's no way a single person can handle all the jobs that, that he has. And with traveling abroad to Israel, trying to make Middle East peace, which nobody has been able to do. But well, I want to save that for a second, that thought, because there is, I think, what something uh, as a little segue here about what needs to happen and happen soon. If he is, nobody gets to kind of have a, a, as you said, a redo four times on their security clearance forms. There comes a time that if you can't tell the truth, you shouldn't be getting security clearance, right? I mean, if you can't remember things and you're not so good with the facts and you kind of you know do things and say things that are not true, well, don't get a security clearance. Not everybody needs a security clearance. So I, I just, you know, but I want to, I want to wrap this up if that's okay for you. I want to I want to move on to what the White House needs to do and that it's and what they and what they need to do quickly. I mean, I, the president put out a tweet this morning, actually. Um, I'm sorry, it was yesterday. The White House is functioning perfectly, focused on healthcare tax cut tax cuts reform and many other things i have very little time for watching tv which <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't i can't i can't which which is amazing with the fact that he said this in response to a report that he's spending all his time watching tv and he's doing this so clearly he's sitting there all the time he hasn't he between the time that he got home from germany over the weekend this past weekend and he left for france last night he didn't make a single public appearance. There was nothing for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Not a single public appearance, which is very unusual to have no public schedule. That was it was fascinating because like when I when I saw the tweet about uh, when the missiles went off, the North Korean missiles, and and the and the and the tweet was you know doesn't Kim Jong Un have better things to do with his time, right? <laughs> and I kind of sat there and I actually even thought, and I very rarely respond to these tweets and like who cares what i have to say but like i actually wanted to for my own person like really you're gonna question how other people are spending their time but i didn't do it and then i saw that tweet yesterday like i don't have time for television 
says the guy who literally watches Fox and Friends and CNN and Morning Joe and has time to tweet about facelifts and about about literally what's being said on morning shows and then somehow claims that I don't have the time. I, By the way, the way I see it, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is my guess based on, on everything I know is that he literally sits in the White House whether it's in his bedroom or he makes it down to the Oval Office and literally goes channel to channel watching what they're saying about him on every single morning yeah, show. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is. But, you know, at the same time, we're kind of distracted from the fact that Mosul was retaken from ISIS this week, this past week. That's a great milestone. And nobody talks about it. And we're on the verge of taking Raqqa. And there's been a huge change in... The composition where ISIS was ascendant on a now ISIS certainly not wiped out, but they have on, on as far as their control of land and their caliphate is is being reversed very significantly, and that actually is a credit to U.S. special forces and arming the Kurds and a whole bunch of, and 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 the Iraqi government. That's actually something that's working. That's something that's going on, and most people are ignoring it because the truth is the White House is is ignoring it. They want to go, they want to talk about it, but they're not. They're they're so off message. They're so incapable of doing it. They do it. Go ahead. I'm still waiting on infrastructure week. Did we? Wow, right. Well, it's funny. Kellyanne Conway went off to. She says we have a huge infrastructure plan, a billion dollar inf- infrastructure plan. I never and, saw it. And the interviewer says, where, "Where is it? So we've seen it. How come you're not looking? It's amazing. I mean, she taught you know the tax re- tax plan. Tax plan hasn't been released. Okay, healthcare reform is stalled for the fundamentals of healthcare, but you needed a very clear message from the White House to do it. And now the new line is, well, the president's waiting for it. He's waiting. He's sitting there with his pen ready to sign. Well, it doesn't work like that. That's not what leadership well, is. Well, I give I give Lindsey Graham and Senate Republicans actually a bit of credit. And I think, you know, sort of this idea yesterday that they're going to have to find a way to work with Democrats actually started to penetrate their talking points where, hey, it looks like we're going to need certain Democrats, right? If we if we compromise too much, the conservatives, and we saw this, by the way, with the House, that the Freedom Caucus held it up because it wasn't conservative enough. We, re- I think the, the the Republicans realize that if we're going to get, we got to get, we well, got to get been, main, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, conservative Democrats or or middle of the road Democrats to jump on board. That's the way it should be done. That's been Mitch McConnell's plan B from from the beginning towards the conservatives, as to say we're going to do bipartisan health care reform. And the truth is, something as big as health care reform. And look, I'm, I, I I lean pretty conservative, but ha- should be done in a bipartisan fashion. I think that was Obama's huge mistake initially in passing Obamacare and doing it through reconciliation. Now, we're not exactly in an environment that works well for bipartisanship, but in the Senate, you can probably find people who are willing who are willing to That's do right. that. But, you know, the big thing, another just to draw your attention to another tweet, you know, the president tweeted out this week about the Democrats holding up appointments. Okay, this is what he choose, chose to talk about. Senate Democrats have only confirmed 48 of 197 presidential nominees. They can't win, so all they do is slow things down and obstruct. Now, when you draw attention to the fact that you've only made 197 nominations of the 3,000 or so that a president can actually make, it's kind of depressing. Okay, and how many months in are we to this presidency? We are more than a half year into this presidency. Or close to, I'm sorry, almost a half year into this presidency. Um, no, no, we're, we're a half year into the presidency. It's pretty incredible you want to draw attention to that. I mean, what do you, what do you, why are you doing that? I mean, the, the frustration is, I mean, 200 key positions at the State Department that require Senate confirmation have not yet filled. Now, the Israelis are complaining about it. 
You know, you've seen quotes this week from the Israelis who are probably as pro-Trump as possible. There's basically only one guy, Jason Greenblatt. That's it. There's no office. There's no bureaucracy. Ron, as in Ron Dermer, might talk to Jared, and Jared might talk to Jason, but there's no assistant secretary of state. There's no special envoy. There's no undersecretary. There's no deputy secretary. The truth is, when it comes down to it, you can't have every conversation in the world with Jared Kushner there are, or Jason Greenblatt. There aren't enough hours in the day for a single person to handle every crisis going on in the Middle East. And it's absurd to think that you can. I have no comment. I agree with you. I look and I and I all the for all those people who think that Trump is doing a great job and who are supporting him. Great. Let him let him sort of all the things you think he's doing well, whether it's you like that that immigration actually regardless of whether there's a wall or not immigration, you know, illegal immigration over over certain borders has actually slowed down. Right. We're actually winning the war on ISIS. The economy outlook looks good. But when you take, you know, an economy outlook as one tweet in 40 tweets that are just nonsensical and, and irrational and, and not necessary, it's good. the message is going to get lost. And then to turn around and blame the mainstream media, like, I can't believe they're not seeing the message. Didn't you see my tweet? No, because it's so lost on all the other junk that is being put out and being perpetuated. And and quite frankly, it's very, very sad. I think at this point, and I you know have no comment on, on Donald Trump Jr., but Jared Kushner has proven that he either he lied, which is bad, or he just didn't remember important things he should have remembered. And so either way, I think he's got to go. I think he's got to go. Wow, that's... Uh You've heard it here first, folks. That's strong. Well, well, hopefully somebody, you know, you, you know he, you know the president is watching TV on a daily basis. I don't know if he's listening to the show, but perhaps <laughs> he should. Uh, Phil Goldfeder, Michael Fragan, we are going to leave Nothing Burger out there as our spin of the week because I think that that, to me, is the most significant um, uh, word that has been used over the course of the week here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs. See you next week.